0: Father, thank you so much for your word. Father, as we move forward this morning in the study of 1 John, Father, we're so thankful that you make your word so clear to us, so applicable. Father, we thank you for what you've done in Christ. And Father, we thank you that you continually Apply the good and the power and the effect of Jesus' victory in our lives. So, Father, continue to instruct us this morning, encourage us, build us up for one purpose. That we, individually, we as a church may demonstrate to that world your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you remember in chapter 5, verse 4, John is speaking about two aspects of faith. He begins by saying what? Whoever is born of God does what? Overcomes. Whoever is born of God, whoever is a believer, whoever has received Christ as his Savior, whoever has been born again, that person is in the process of continually overcoming the issues of the world. It's a continuous sense, tense. It means that this is what is happening in our lives today. Not perfectly, but in a way that it hopefully is increasingly, we are overcoming any and all of the temptations of the fall of the effects of that world out there, which is under the control, under the domination of Satan, who is the God of this world. Remember 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. And we discussed that. One of the great weaknesses in the church today is, and maybe for many years, is that too many believers simply do not believe the extent of of the fallenness and the danger of the theology of this world. So this morning, we're going to be looking at why are we able to be overcoming? Why are we able to be walking in victory? And why are we walking in victory? Because of our position of faith. So first... The practice of faith, we are overcoming. Why? Because this is the victory that has overcome, which is the second part of verse 4. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even what? Our faith. So let's look at that this morning. This morning we're looking at the position of faith. Last week we talked about the practice. This morning the position. We are practicing overcoming faith because of our position. Of overcoming faith. So when did we receive this faith that has overcome? When did we receive this? We receive faith to overcome. When did we receive it? Well, when we were born again. And we won't go into all the details. I'll leave out a lot. When we were born again, the Holy Spirit placed us into our new position called in Christ. Now, please get this this morning. This is crucial. When you and I were born again, the Holy Spirit placed us into our new position in Christ. Can someone quote Colossians 1.13? We have been delivered from the domain of darkness and have been what? Transferred into the kingdom of God's dear son. So every one of us who are in Christ. This is the fundamental truth. Every one of us who have been born again. Whether we feel it or not. If you have received Christ by faith. You also received His victory by faith. You have also received everything that God has done in us and for us in Christ. Everything. He has overcome the world. Remember John 16 33. In this world, you're going to have what? Difficulties, problems, attacks, tribulation. But be of good cheer. Why? For I, what? Have overcome the world. Have overcome. It's the same tense that John is using in the second part of verse 4. I have overcome the world. So when we were born again, the Holy Spirit placed us into Christ. Paul says in Romans 6.3, we were baptized. Or baptizo means to be placed into Jesus Christ. It doesn't necessarily mean anything having to do with water. When we were born again, the Holy Spirit gave us the faith. Do you remember that? What verse is that? When we were born again, the Holy Spirit gave us the faith to believe or to receive Christ. Correct? What verse is that? Ephesians 2.8. We have been given the faith. We were not instructed, you must have faith in Jesus in order to be born again. We don't have faith. We cannot have faith. Please make sure we get this right. Because it changes the entire scope from being self-centered. I had the faith to receive Christ. To being God-centered. God gave me the faith to receive Jesus when I was birthed by the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit entered me, came into me, indwelt me. So we were born again as the Holy Spirit gave us the faith to what? Receive Jesus. Do we get this? That's when we were placed into Christ. And in receiving Jesus by faith. How many of you. I'm going to use this word bet. I can't think of a better word right now. Give me a better one. How many of you are betting your entire life eternal life and security on the fact that Jesus paid for your sins at the cross and that God accepted his payment as our forgiveness. How many of you are absolutely dependent upon that? How many of you were there physically? How many of you physically saw Jesus on the cross? How many of you audibly, you know, with the ears, heard Jesus speak from the cross. Those three great words. It is finished. All of you know the Bible verse for that. Oh, please don't tell me you don't know it. John 19, 30. John 19, 30. What is it? It is finished. Everything that was against us. Everything. Everything. Has been swallowed up by the son of God. And when he died. He buried it all. And it will forever stay in the grave. Amen. When we were saved. We received Christ. By faith. Something happened on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit did something in you and in me. That caused us. To believe. Are you with me this morning? Or did you just make a decision. Today I think I will receive Jesus. What happened? We heard the gospel. In some way. The Holy Spirit communicated to us. Something about. You need to be saved. Because you're going to hell. Jesus paid the price. So you don't go to hell. And so our hearts were gripped. I don't want to go to hell. Ronnie, right? I don't want to. All of a sudden I realized I need to be I remember going through this process, if you would, years ago. And it gripped me. I didn't understand what was happening to me, Karen. All I knew was this. I was not searching for Jesus. He was searching for me. And I was gripped with this, I can't get away from feeling. I need to be saved. I didn't even understand all the biblical components of that, Steve. I remember I was gripped by it. And when someone told me that that's the work of God in me. And that my response is to receive Jesus, to say yes, to embrace him. Guess what I did, Karen? I did it. Why? Oh, because I'm religious. No, because I was desperate, Carmen. Do you hear me this morning? Greg, I was desperate. I couldn't get away from it. I had to receive Jesus. Why? Because he had already received me. And I couldn't get away from it, Jan. How many of you can relate to that? Hey, green man, can you relate to it? Raise your hand higher, brother. I was desperate. I couldn't get away from it, Harold. But at the same time, we believe that, don't we? We walk today... In assurance. Because we believe that fact. But at the same time. Here's where we tend to stumble. In receiving Jesus by faith. We also received his victory. Over sin, Satan and the world. In the same faith. Faith if you would was a package deal. By giving us the faith. Contained in that faith was the salvation of God in his son and was all of the good of his life of his son in that same faith. Do we see it? When God gave us, if you would, this package of faith. Could I say it like that? Is that okay, sir? When he gave us that as a gift. Ephesians 2.8. In the package was a very person of his saving son and all of the accomplishment of his life on our behalf. Do you get it? Do we get this? Are you with me this morning? Can you say something? Do you understand this? In faith. By the gift of the Holy Spirit, we received everything pertaining to life and godliness, Second Peter one: three. How much? oh, I 'm sorry. I have bad hearing. How much? Will someone raise their voice? How much? Everything. Was anything left out? No. Listen to what the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 57. And I am moving along like a freight train. Thanks be to God. Who what? Gives us. The victory. Through our Lord Jesus. Christ. Today, right now. Positionally. I don't feel it. I don't see it. I don't taste it. I don't smell it. All of those are natural apprehensions. But by faith, as God's gift, I have it. Right? Eddie, you have Christ's victory in you right now. Are we seeing this this morning? This is why too many stumble and fail when they walk. They think they're trying to get the victory. We done got the victory. Ours is now not to live to get it. We are living because we already have it. Correct? Hey, Steve Roberts, would you go downstairs and see if there are any youth hanging around down there for me, please? And do whatever it takes to bring them up. Would you do that? Do you mind doing that? Thank you. So how does, how does our faith overcome the world? So first of all, if we don't see the first part, we won't get the second part. When did we receive overcoming victorious faith? When was that? When we were born again, the Holy Spirit gave us the faith to receive Jesus and to receive everything that he accomplished for us and did in us. We received the victory. We received the overcoming power of God when we were born again. Correct? Now, if you don't get it right now, you can't go any further. Do you get that? Can we be a people who say, in spite of what I see, in spite of how I fail, in spite of whatever, I have Jesus' own victory in me. I am now in Christ, in the sight of God, a spiritually overcoming man, or woman. In Christ, God the Father sees us. In Christ, God the Father now sees us. In Christ, God the Father now sees us. As if we have never sinned, As if we have defeated every temptation. As if we are his victorious children. And he sees us seated with Jesus in the heavenlies. Ruling and reigning with the son of God. Amen. Thank you Clara for saying something loud. These are shouting words. They're not shouting words because I say anything Paul. These are shout words because this is what God has done. It's the truth. It's the truth. The devil's activity is continually trying to undercut this. To undercut it. To stop us from believing it. From giving us circumstances and people in our lives. And difficulties and problems. Physical, mental, whatever problems that will stand in the face of this truth and say, "No, no, 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 it ain't true." But what are we to do? By faith, we are to say, "You're a liar, Satan." John eight forty four. You're a liar because God has said the opposite. Correct? It's a fight. We'll see that in a moment. I think I'll get to that part. Let me ask you this question. I am assuming that everyone in this room has committed a sin within the last year. Okay. How many, don't answer, don't raise your hand on this one. When you committed that sin, were you overcome? Remember, overcoming the world, overcome? Were, were you overcome with guilt and condemnation? Should you have been overcome with guilt and condemnation? Should you have been overcome? There's an echo in here. I like that. No, you shouldn't. Why weren't we overcome with condemnation, Wendy? What does that mean? Yeah, but what about that? We have been forgiven. What causes me to continue to walk in newness of life? What causes me... To not fall to the ground. And be overcome by my sin. The knowledge. By the Holy Spirit. That God in Christ. Has forgiven me how much? Okay. He's forgiven all our sin. Give me two verses on it. Good night church. You need to know this. Where's your confidence? How do you know that's the truth? Do you know Colossians write it down for goodness sake Colossians 2:13 is it in your notes Colossians 2:13 having forgiven us having forgiven us and 1 John come on What is it 1 John chapter 1 the second part of verse 8 for so the blood of Jesus, God's Son does what? Cleanses us from how much? How much? All our sin. And because I know that truth, because that truth now applies to me fully and forever, I am not overcome by my, the, the condemnation of my sin. And one more, Romans 8.1. You know, know these verses, please know them. So how does our faith overcome the world? Jesus says, be of good cheer for I have what? overcome the world. How did he do it? How do we do it? We do it the same way he did it. How did he know? Do it by considering. Listen to this from Hebrews 11, 11. Jesus considered God faithful who had made the promise. He considered or some Bibles say reckon, R-E-C-K-O-N. He reckoned. Reckon, consider. That means a, that's a decision by faith to believe and to embrace. And then if you would, to walk in the good of the truth. To consider is to look at that truth, whatever it is. And to say that although it seems to be contrary to everything I know and experience. It may be contrary to what anybody in this world says. I may not understand it all. But I am going to believe, embrace, and walk in the truth of what God has done in me and for me. In his son. That's how Jesus walked. He walked like that. Don't you ever believe that Jesus went to the cross. Apart from faith. Jesus. Like us. Had to know. May I say that again? Jesus like us had to know the scriptural promises of God. He had to. Mary, otherwise he wouldn't have been able to redeem us. Because he wouldn't have known how to walk in God's will. God's will is revealed in his word by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the living will and revelation of God's will to us. Otherwise, the book is dead. How many people don't think... It's anything. Most. So how did Jesus go to the cross? He believed that God would not leave his soul in the dirt. He believed God would raise him up. He believed God would give him a kingdom and a people. He simply believed what God had said. He had to reckon to consider the same way we have to consider. The difference is he did it without fail. He did it perfectly. We have to consider. Consider what? Consider all that God has done in Christ. It is a massive work. When we sin, we should not be overcome by guilt. Why? Because we know that we have been given the victory that Jesus won at the cross. Let's look at a couple of examples from the Old Testament. Remember Abraham? The story of Abraham begins where? Genesis what? Twelve. How many of you know Abraham is called the father of faith or the faithful? Abraham is the quintessential model in the Old Testament of what it means to be a man of faith. He is the quintessential model in the Old Testament of what it means to walk by faith. So, what does that mean? Abraham never sinned. Really? I mean, do you remember what he did? They went on up to Egypt and he lied about his wife. I mean, Abraham did some unwise things. And so, Abraham, God gave Abraham a promise. Remember where it is? It's in Genesis chapter 12. He tells Abraham, he says, get up and go out. Go out to a land and I'm going to show you. Why? Because I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make you have all kind of descendants. Now what does that basically presuppose? Abraham's going to have to have a son. Now, remember, in the Jewish economy, you have to have a son to make this promise. We know today you could have a daughter, but in the Jewish economy, you've got to have a son. And so the world says, it ain't happening. Why? Because what does Genesis also say? That Sarah was barren. Remember that? She couldn't conceive children. So how in the world can Abraham believe a God to say, I'm going to give you a son, but your wife can't have kids? Understanding the Jewishness of this. And you remember, this was Abraham's struggle from time to time. This was his struggle from time to time. But you see, Abraham did become the father of many nations didn't he Abraham did overcome the world he did how did he do it in Hebrews hebrews 11:11 he considered god who made the promise he looked at the promise of god and said god said it it is true In fact, not only had God said it, Abraham really didn't understand this, but in the economy of God, God had already done it. Do you see that? When God said, I'm going to give you this blessing or whatever, that's already done in the heart and in the mind of God. Abraham believed him. In spite of all of it. To the contrary, listen to Romans 4.18. In hope against hope. He did not believe the world. Remember? In hope against hope. He believed. He believed what? God's truth. God's promise. So that he might become a father of many nations. According to that which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith. He wrestled. Yes. But he wasn't overcome. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body. He looked at the natural situation. He looked at the world. Now as good as dead, his body was as good as dead. This guy's old now since he was 100 years old and the, the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief but grew strong in faith, having to, having glory, giving glory to God. Sarah, the same thing. Overcoming the world is looking squarely into the face of that which is contrary and is in opposition to the will of God. Looking squarely into the face, hearing the lies of the enemy through the world system, through the world theology. Looking squarely into the face of All the natural evidence to the contrary, and looking at all that, but then looking through it to see that there is a God in heaven who says, This is the truth, not that. We walk in victory. Because of what Jesus has done. That doesn't mean we're getting our way all the time. That doesn't mean all of us will be healed immediately. That doesn't mean all of our problems will be solved according to our will. It doesn't mean that. But what it does mean is this: that my soul, my soul, is not going to be given over to the world. So that Satan may dominate me. Amen. It means that in any and every circumstance. I have learned therewith to be content. Therefore. I can do. All things. Through Christ who strengthens me. Where is that? Philippians. Four verses. Twelve and. Thirteen. Notice Paul doesn't say, I can do all things through Christ. He says, I've learned that in any and every circumstance therewith to be content. Therefore, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How do you know you're content? How do you know you're really believing the victory of Jesus? How do you know you're being content when you stop complaining? (laughs) I remember when I heard that, I almost swallowed my face. And believe me, that's something to swallow. What about the Apostle Paul? Would we say that the Apostle Paul was not overcome by the things of the world, but that he was an overcomer? Would we say that? How many of us would agree with that? Paul overcame. And we say, well, why? Well, that's Paul. That's the Apostle Paul. No, Joe, that's not the answer. The answer for Paul is the same as the answer for each one of us. Paul was born again receiving the faith to receive Jesus and to believe and depend upon the victory that is in Christ. He has had happened to him what has happened to each one of us. Now there is a difference. He certainly did receive a revelation. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about how he is living his daily life in an overcoming victory. Moment by moment. Even when he stumbles and falls, he is living a life in the victory of Jesus. Correct? Do we really see that from God's perspective, we have lived perfectly in Christ? Two heads believe that. Okay, fine. Listen to what he says. Listen to these audacious words. 2 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. They may be in your notes. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Listen to these audacious words. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. How was Paul able to do that? Because you see, he knew something. He knew someone we 've already quoted it first corinthians 15 fifty seven thanks be to God, who what gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ which you see this is what Paul says about overcoming the world. this is what Paul says about i am positionally i 'm saying practically walking out my position. I am practically walking in And out from my position. Do you hear me? I am practically, what, right now, walking in and out of my position. So, was this easy? He says this I have fought a good fight. Some place it calls straining, some place it calls wrestling, fighting. You see, Paul's fight was not a fight to gain the victory. Do you ever think, do you ever say to yourself, Look, I'm trying to win the victory? You've already been given the victory. Why do you, what are you trying to win? We're not trying to win anything. What we are doing is manifesting the victory that has already been won. Please stop saying you were trying to win the victory. We are not. We are manifesting the victory that has already been won and given. Can somebody say amen? This is not a fight. It does give. That's the only way God gets the glory. As he sees the victory of his own son being manifested in us. Paul's fight was not a fight to gain the victory, but a fight to manifest the victory that Jesus won. Where? Not at the cross. Jesus did not win the victory at the cross. He won it in the Garden of Gethsemane when he says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He won the victory. And the reason he could do that is because he knew what was in the cup, the cup of wrath. He knew what was on this side in the cup, the cup of wrath. He's going to go to the cross to experience the wrath. But he also knew that on the other side, a resurrection day is coming. Amen. He won the victory at Gethsemane. He paid for it at the cross. Don't get the two confused. So many Christians believe he won the victory at the cross. Had he not been able to go through Gethsemane the way he did, considering the will of God as true, he would never have been able to go to the cross victoriously. You see, in the same way, we need to consider Jesus Who endured such opposition from sinful man so that we will not grow weary and lose heart in the same way. Hebrews 12.3. We're to consider Jesus' victory over the world as our personal victory because his victory is ours by the gift of faith given to us by the Holy Spirit. As a result, Romans 8.37 is true of us now. It's true of us positionally and practically. We are walking in the good of it and increasingly manifesting it. What does Romans 8.37 say? We are what? More than conquerors. Is that it? That's all it says? Through him who loved us, right? In Christ... We are. Not we're going to be. Ben, do you see that? It's not we're going to be. We are. And there's another Ben back there. Two Ben's. There's a Drew back there. We are, Drew. Lloyd, we are. Can you get this before we leave the day? In Christ, positionally, I am victorious <clears throat> over all the issues of the world. Amen? Now, I am by faith walking in and out of that victory that has been given to me in my salvation in Christ. Now, you're going to say this, and I understand it. I really do. It's hard to believe that. That's where the fight is. To believe God rather than anything else. This is where the fight is. This is why you have to know the word of God. This is why people must be in the class like this. They must be in the class like this. This is why the children of God must gather on Sunday morning. Must. <sighs> because when the world starts talking about gender confusion, critical race theory, our young people and children are swallowing it as the truth and too many are going to be swallowed up. We must believe God rather than the world so that we can and will walk in a victory that the world will see and it won't like and it will condemn us but that God will move in a way by his spirit. Amen? Verse 5, I think, is just a reiteration of what we've already been talking about, so I won't go into verse 5. Next week, hopefully, we'll do verses 6 through 12. See you next week.